We are the mothers of many, Kiara Evans and Lorna Blanchard. As mothers of many children, we are curious about our parenting journeys. We were called to document this poignant time of mothering in our lives. We feel passionately that women's stories should be heard. So this will be episode two proper. This is episode two of the Mothers of Many podcasts on money. Money. Money, money, money. Juicy, juicy topic. <laughs> Always mm. a good one to do just before Christmas, probably. What do you think of when you think of money? What's your initial, what's your body reaction to oh, the word money? What is my, oh, that's that says a lot, doesn't it? I'm like, oh. Yeah, that does say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just I think I see like I feel like this should be like a big is this a privilege thing or what I don't know but I get bored like money for me a lot of it bores me like I have no interest in discussing the really detailed intricacies of how to invest money or where to put it what to do with it whatever I am interested in having enough to be able to do what I want with but I have no interest in the how to get it (laughs) yeah or like how to grow it I don't have that I mean a few of my friends do cryptocurrency and you know bits like that and it just I've tried to get into it I've tried to be interested and Part of me was doing that, I think, from conditioning that as a woman of this era, I should be very educated on pretty much everything in the world. And then I thought, hold on, why? Like, I'm one person. I don't need to know stuff about everything. So I think I've just kind of come to terms a lot with the fact that I am not interested in the technical side of it. I'm interested in our family money and where that goes and actually recently had like a massive overhaul of my interest in that and where it goes and how much we have come in and what we do with it but yeah how about you what does it bring up for you when you hear the word money oh yeah similar noise I think but I think probably my I probably have quite a stress reaction as soon as I hear money talk um I think I come from a place of I'll say perceived lack and a place of fear and scarcity around money, which I think is definitely kind of childhood conditioning Mm -hmm. around money. And I think I hate it. I hate, I hate money. I hate that money runs the world. I like, there's something really in me that just goes, no, this is so wrong. And I, I hear what you're saying about like investment and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I just go, do I want to be the person that's trying to be a millionaire? I don't know. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have loads of money and we don't have loads of money, but I don't want to have to be driven by money. I don't know. I feel confused by money. I hate it. Yeah. I Cause money. I think we've had quite a few conversations about that. Haven't we? Like about how, if more money came into this situation, would it change ultimately the happiness or the satisfaction of life like we've had quite a few chats where it's like well is this really about money or is this about the not being able to do the thing or whatever because I feel like I think yeah it can be like this thing of if you have 
X amount of money, you're going to be happy. I don't know. Should we give Ooh, for me? I think about? when I when I think about if I have X amount of money, I don't think of happiness. I think I'll be stress free. Right. Okay. And CJ says to me one day, if we won the lottery and won the lottery big, you would be stressed about when the milkman was coming. And so then is it more about just that I'm naturally a stressed person or an anxious person and or I need to do some healing on the fact that I'm <laughs> leaning towards like, let's just panic about everything. Um, yeah, does, mo- does more money equal less stress? I think the answer is probably no, isn't it? The more money you have, the more stressed you could be, but also the less money you have, the m- it's, all, it's all just stressful, isn't it? The idea that the world, that everyone's very survival is based on money which is like a made-up thing anyways, is fundamentally, to me, awful. I hate it. I hate the idea that people need to be stressed about surviving. That yeah. to survive, you have to have money. Like, I, I, it just makes my skin crawl. I hate it. I think, yeah, like, to me, I never really go there with that thought process. I Survival, to me, is, like, about health more than money. I think but when you talk about like the lack of I feel like the country we live in particularly it's it's rare to not be able to access some money from somewhere somehow whether it be through a job or the government or whatever so I feel like the money doesn't create stress for me personally but I can see how you can be stressed about having a lot of money because then it could disappear so whatever lifestyle Mm. you've created around that amount could be gone um you could also be stressed about not having the money that you want to have for your family and that can then create stress around wanting to procure more but not like being able to go about it yet in a way that works for you yeah Um, I think for me probably the deep stress is probably more to do with as a child I sigh before I go as a child because I feel like my whole life at the moment is going my childhood issues but anyway that's true (laughs) I have to own that and deal with it but I think as a kid it was my the the kind of conversation around money was the the goodness you were a good person if you saved your pocket money and you were a bad or greedy person if you spent your pocket money on a chocolate bar and I remember like my grandma would give us you know a pound or something when she came to see us and as um (laughs) as a slightly I don't know I'm gonna say I, I, I liked chocolate when I was a kid we didn't uh, like loads yeah. of chocolate and and then I would go and treat myself to a chocolate bar and it was almost like shame I was I was shamed for doing that and I was shamed for wanting to spend money um and so I think now my I have real issues with that because I equate having not quite as much money as other people or not enough money to you know at the moment we don't have enough money to fix the car Mm-hmm. like really it, and again it's really bore. it's boring it's it's just really boring but our car is broken it's sat on the drive we just don't have the money to do it and rather than that being like an emotionless thing where we go okay we just don't have any money at the moment it's fine like it's we're coping I I'm equating that with you are a bad person because you don't have enough money saved up 
because you haven't budgeted properly you haven't saved properly or you haven't earned enough money to be able to do the thing that you need to do and therefore you're bad Mm -hmm. so I think that for me is like where a lot of the money stuff spirals in my head and where it becomes stressful because actually the stress has got nothing to do with the money other than the fact that money is needed to do these things but it's got to do with that, that inner voice that's going well you aren't good enough because you didn't do you're not you didn't do the thing that you needed to do and do you have the in your family like are you the person who does the budgeting and like does the money yeah. stuff because I feel like it tends to be that one person in the relationship that you're in tends to be the person who deals with the money stuff and the yeah. other person like just goes along for the ride I don't know maybe yeah no I do yeah I do all the I do what CJ if you're listening I do all the budgeting don't I babe I don't think he even knows how to log into our bank accounts in fact I told him the other day I was like babe you know that if I die if I ever die I've got a secret place where we've kept where I've got a list of all of the stuff for you to log into and I told him where it was because I was really worried like what if you don't know and he's so chill about it he's like I'll just call the bank it's fine yeah well they won't let him have it he shouldn't be chill about that because my husband recently lost his dad and he's finding out how difficult it is to access people's stuff Oh gosh. So, you, you know, I think that's a really important point, actually, that recently a f- dear friend of mine like pointed out um, something in my own situation about how much I knew about the money coming into our family and like what happened with it, etc. And one of this actually did come up where in our house, what happens is Gary earns the money. And then um, he deals out the money wherever it needs to go. One of which the places it goes is to me. And he is the person who has the majority of it in an account. And then it goes out to all the different accounts. And one of which is my housekeeping account. And it's always been like that. And when we first um, had Ivy and I stopped working paid work, I work very hard. When I first stopped paid work, I was given like my housekeeping fund and I wanted him to do it that way because I'm a spender and he's a saver and I knew then that I would moderate what I was spending because I only had a certain amount in the account I didn't have access to the full amount anyway recently that's we've like kind of gone around I've gone around the houses in my head about that and I just thought actually if something did happen like could I access his monthly um, salary and the answer was no (laughs) so I then decided that we should make um, like a word document or whatever or, and like print it and hide it somewhere where all the passwords to everything are on there so should that happen like the worst case scenario then we wouldn't be in a situation where we didn't know how to access each other's online banking or whatever else money-wise yeah. you have, like shares whatever whatever it is that you have going on in your family but yeah it was it was and um, then it kind of got me thinking too about how much he does get a month and then how that is then divvied up and so my next step was I created a family luxury spreadsheet and he loves this I'm sure he hates it but he probably won't listen to it so it's fine and um I have a spreadsheet now where I've started to list each month the luxury things that people are doing so it's not just money on there it's also time so I've got a, a, a luxury time list and a luxury amount list because I felt like there was maybe a slight imbalance of the amount of both those things each month that were going one way or another. So I, I love have, that. Mm. That is such a good idea. But it, did, it just allows you to then really see what's going on. 
yeah and it really made me think oh actually is it fair I mean life doesn't always end up being fair which is fine but when you have some control over that fairness I think is it fair like how much does he actually get and how much of that do I and the kids actually see and but through no fault of Gary's like he didn't withhold cash from me or anything like that he's never done that but it was more just a case of am I taking the power within myself to say I deserve this because there's definitely over the years been times where I've been like well he does all the work he earns the money and he gets paid it and I just take the money and I spend it I'm like oh wonky so much wonky there but I think it is going to be it's always going to be wonky and really difficult when you've got one person as the the main earner even if two people are earning one person might be earning more like that's a re it's really hard position to be in and actually it's almost flipped in our house of cj doesn't less us art doesn't have many like i have i control it all mm. and it's almost like whatever's left at the end i'm like oh baby you've got this much in your account kind of thing um yeah it's yeah but there's four like there's four adults involved in this situation right so if he wasn't happy with that situation then he could tell you the same way that i oh, yeah. decided to look into why I potentially wasn't as happy as I could be with the money situation but I think the thing about money like you said at the beginning it's a social construct we've been conditioned to think that the more money we have the more successful we are and the better we are at life Um, and now I know that to not be true it's not about how much money I earn it's about the value I place on me as a person and the work I do as a mother and how much that is celebrated within our family as equal to the person who earns the actual cash. Yes, for sure. And being intentional about what you have and, and what you're gonna do with it. And I think I, I'm very, I'm, I guess because of the conditioning and the things that I've said about, you know, the goodness of you if you have more money, and that social construct that you were just saying, I think I sometimes, oftentimes slip into a, we need more money. I wish we had more money. You know, I wish I had a bigger house. I wish whatever, whatever. And and actually about, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, CJ, because I'm in a similar situation to you and that he's, CJ's the main earner. I stopped working, paid work. The Sling Library business doesn't really earn me very much money. Um, and... So like 10, yeah, I think it was about 10 years ago, CJ came home and we were talking about his salary and the options available to us. And there was an SLT, so teacher an SLT job had come up in another school and it was a data one, which would have been right up his street. You know, he could have been like the head of school analysis or whatever it was anyway. Um, and it, at the time it would have meant like an extra thousand pounds a month, something like that mm-hmm. on his salary. And he just said to me, well, decide, you know, do you want me to be around? with the kids we had three you know three kids three and under or two whatever it was at the time if I take an SLT job somewhere I will never be around I will have to go in early every single day I will have to stay late 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 every single day I will never be around or do you want less money and it was like that black and white for us and I was like oh yeah okay we'll take the less money for now because I can't do it on my own Mm. um yeah And that was good, I think, having that conversation. Yeah. Do you guys um, sit and talk about money often? 
Um, I would say not very often beyond me saying to CJ regularly, oh my God, I'm panicking about money. And he'll just go, we're going to be fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's all on me to make sure that we're totally fine. And he's just so chill about it. And the bottom line is, thankfully, we are in a privileged position, especially as having a teacher as, a, as the main earner. We do have a steady income and we are OK. It's shit at the moment in that we're never going to be more than OK, I feel like. It's like trying to escape that, you know, the ever lingering credit card debt or the ever lingering whatever bill that needs paying or um have you ever thought about like splitting the responsibility of it or would you do you enjoy having the responsibility of the money because I am very comfortable not doing the money stuff I feel like I take on many other roles in our family and I'm very happy to not have to budget as in like know exactly like I don't know boring bills and stuff like Gary does all of that like he sorts that stuff out I just don't have an interest in it do you ever want to wow like... <laughs> I, think... I mean like I'm feeling a sense of rising panic I'm like is she getting anxious over the situation yeah I know that's awful and that's not to say that CJ couldn't cope with it the man's a maths genius he did business admin at school like at university he, the guy could you know of anybody in our family to do this it shouldn't be me the anxious one who hated maths what am I doing <laughs> no I, I don't want to give it up no it's all oh, I like I have learned recently that I like control <laughs> and, and I'm not okay with giving it up and I hadn't realized I was quite a control controlling person over some things I guess I see yeah the 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 Let's like reframe that actually. Let's say you feel a sense of safety. Yes, exactly what I was about to say. Where you stand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so actually, when I'm having a very wonky mental health day, I may check the budget more than once. Like that's the day when I'm scribbling the list almost because I'm like, I just need a feeling of safety. And if I can scribble down the budget and know to the penny how much money I've got to spend each day, like that's how controlling I can be over it and I'm not like controlling to see you know I won't say to CJ right you've only don't over you know it's fine I'll, it's it's only internal um yeah. control but yeah no it is a sense of control and safety for me yeah for sure I feel like one of the blockers that comes up for me a lot in my own life is where our family does have enough and I would say probably some people would say more than enough which is cool um we tend to be very good at like not overspending and only using what we have as both of us aren't particularly lavish in our taste <laughs> for the most part which I think helps but also yeah. I think it does sometimes prevent me from maybe empowering myself to take on other things beyond mothering so like I just signed up our youngest one who's only two to preschool right for a day a week which is a cost to the family financially um and I had no real plan of what to do with that time well you and I are sat here recording this with that yeah time. thank you um but I just felt this like deep sense of wanting to outsource some of her time where she could play and do all the things I don't like doing like the messiness and all of that stuff and she was 
doing that somewhere with people who were actively invested with her enjoying it and she is enjoying herself when she's there but I was paying for my time I was paying for me to have some time and I was like this feels so selfish but then I think in the past it's blocked me from spending money on furthering my own interests maybe because I don't earn the money and it was like this thing of like you must suffer that role that you have picked in the family which is a stay-at-home mum if we want to label it something I hate that phrase Uh, anyway that's a whole episode isn't it stay-at-home mum but as the person who has the main responsibility for the welfare of the children to spend money on myself to give myself some free brain space a week felt like this huge deal um and actually like I just do it now and it's in our routine and I just paid the second bill and I was like there done that's set in stone until we don't have that money like that time is there now for me to do what I want with so today recording a podcast next week who knows but it felt really important and empowering to have some responsibility for like where the money was going and not just being at the mercy of the age of the child so that you get some preschool time or whatever that felt really um, restrictive to me and I hate being constrained anything that puts me into a box that I can't get out of I feel like money can sometimes do that right you're like oh I don't have the money to do that means I can't do x y and z and then it's just frustrating oh I mean I fully have a money box that I have created for myself or pulled off the shelf of the patriarchy and capitalism and climb into on a regular basis and shut the lid and lock the throw away the key like for sure <laughs> I think it's really interesting two words that you said really stood out to me and you said selfish and suffering mm. and that sort of really breaks my heart that that the lack of, you know the the idea of money is about value and worth which means a mother a stay-at-home mother again I hate that phrase or um, a mother in general, maker like, yeah and I, or, or not even a homemaker because I think it's a mother who goes out to work and again I'm I'm going to really own the fact that I'm saying mother as opposed to father or parent because I think it's mothers who get this a mother is still has the the load of everything whether they're at home or going to work or a combination of both or whatever it is that they're doing and then this this idea of worth of this job that we do as mother isn't paid therefore it doesn't have any value or worth and then we feel selfish but paying for something for ourselves or whatever it is that we want to do or need to do or take time for and then we suffer like that's a horrible cycle to be in and that is totally patriarchy and capitalism coming at women going get in that box you can sit there and suffer because you chose this you womb person that produced these children and no we're absolutely not going to see any value in raising children and so we're not going to pay there's no money in this how dare you want something more than that the workers for the future economy that they want to keep creating. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? As women, we have to realise that that's the system that is happening. I think a lot of us don't want to see that, myself included, that you're in this like big hamster wheel of to keep, um, you know, funding the government by creating their future workforce and then feeling bad if you want something for yourself out of it 
And until we like break that cycle, which I am trying to do in my situation, like that's why, like Gary has always said from the very beginning, this is our family money. Did I believe him? No. Did I listen? No. Did I even like bother to have the conversation with him? No. I just figured that he was just saying it for lip service. But then recently when I tested it and went to him and said, okay, this is our monthly income. Where's it going? Like, I don't even know. And so, and he wasn't defensive. He didn't get stressed about it. He just went, oh, it's going here. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I want a bit more of that. And he was like, cool, done. Amazing. No, there's no animosity between us about it. And I was like, well, why did it take me so long to, to, to own the fact that I am worth as much as he is in this situation? And I think it just was the right moment to take that responsibility and power back in my own self um, to fully know my worth and the role that I have here and what I do. And I still am going to struggle with that, I think. Like that role and the worth of it, because I have had 37 years of conditioning that tell me that women's mother's work, women's work, mother's work, however you want to say it, is not as valuable as being in an office. Yeah. Or and whatever. the fact that this society that we live in is based on money. It's very hard to then step out. I heard a really great, it was the Jay, Jay Shetty podcast and it was with Gabo Mate and they were talking about money. And Jay Shetty asked Gabomatic, you know, how do you reconcile the idea of, so Gab to backtrack, Gabomatic's new book is, on, is called The Myth of Normal. And he basically tears society to shreds and kind of says, one of the main reasons why we're all completely in a mess at the moment is because the society that we, in, it, we are in is capitalism and patriarchy. Like it's a problem and it is toxic and fear-driven and fear-based and anxiety-led and all of that kind of stuff. And Jay Shetty asked the question something along the lines of how do you basically live in this society then when that's what we're facing how do you cope with that and he said and Gabo Mate's response was well you don't have to take the values of society and identify with them yeah and so for me then that conversation that I was talking about earlier on of me and CJ saying well let's go for the having less money mm-hmm. was that that conversation was actually we do not identify with capitalism Mm. the end and I have to really work hard to remember that when I'm going I just want a bigger house and I just want to have a castle in Scotland and because I'll go on right move and look at castles in Scotland regularly and I just want to have I just want you know I'm I'm a I like I want stuff I love stuff I would buy stuff all day my kids especially the girls they love buying stuff I do Um, I wonder about that though like I have wondered about that in the past like how much of buying stuff is numbing and how yes. much of buying stuff is creating a beautiful environment for my body to be housed in and myself to live in oh I think you could be I think that's a very fine line right yeah I mean as in I, well I say that I say for me <laughs> I'm very good at bullshitting <laughs> and going oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing, which is on the outward, like so good for me. And on the inside going, this is totally self-destructive, numbing or whatever. Like I know that about myself. 
But how do we, so how do I know when I, so I want to buy new jeans for my birthday, right? And I want to buy good jeans because I am past the stage of my life where I'm going to buy 10 pound bloody jeans from Primark. They're going to get a hole in the crotch. I'm past that stage. And plus they don't look good on my four kid in body. So I am going to invest in some jeans. Now to me, that is a conscious um, purchase and I can justify it instantly with, I know that I'm going to wear them every day. I know that they're worth the money because I've had them before. They'll probably be Levi's because I love them, whatever. So how do I know that? Or when I like go to the charity shop and I blitz like 30 quid on a bunch of jumpers that look like crap, I'm probably not going to wear and I'm going to end up taking back to the charity shop. Well, you just answered the question. I did answer the question. You? But did I though? How, I really like I need <laughs> What's your mindset when you're going, you know, you're doing your research, you're checking what Levi's you want, you know that it's one pair of jeans and you're really thinking hard about this because you need a pair of jeans yeah. versus I'm having an awful morning or it's the weekend and we just need something to do and I need a dopamine hit and my kids need a dopamine hit and I need to just go spend 30 quid in the charity shop. There's a different energy about that conversation, right? You know the answer. Oh, I do know the answer. And it's so... Yeah like now I still do it I still go to the charity shop every month on that day of the month when none of your clothes look good there's always that one day I don't know which point of the month it is I don't want to know because then I'd have to change it but there's always that one day where you're like everything looks wrong my entire wardrobe looks wrong I hate myself and like today I'm ovulating and this this jumper that I looked at the other day and thought looks like rubbish is like the best thing I've ever put on my body and it's like oh if I could just tune into this a bit more I would stop spending this cash on like extra jumpers I don't need but yeah it's- I mean vin- vin- I know I hear you and vintage my thing at the moment like when I I am I'm consciously numbing so I feel like that's a step mm-hmm. forward on my journey you know a few years ago I was unconsciously numbing with a lot of gin and a lot of cake now I consciously numb and I lie on the sofa and I mean if I could pick my like dream numbing scenario I'd be lying on the sofa with a cup of tea CJ on the other end he can just rub my feet like nicely we've got some trash on the tv and I can scroll vintage like that's my dream <laughs> numbing amazing oh and all the kids need to be asleep and in bed and leave me alone um oh yeah I mean next time that's- you do that maybe that can be your money chat time next time you're like in that oh. zone we're about to go on vintage you can be like CJ should we like talk about our finances <laughs> No, that's a fun evening we do no. we do actually have those nights though Gary and I both are quite like interested I think in in how much we have and where it goes so I'm always like right should we just have like a night in the next couple of months where we sit down and just go through everything where it's going and like what and I like to check in with him like are you happy about this going here and should we like shift this around a bit and then we have the monthly conversation about why we need to buy BT Sport which we don't but we do and <laughs> You know, like yeah. <laughs> I gave up having that conversation because bless him, CJ doesn't do much. Like he says to me, you know, sports channels are like that's his thing. So some years ago, I came to peace with the fact that we spend more than a hundred pounds a month on all the sports. However, that being said, we also have the Sky Movies package because I wanted Paramount Plus, which has all the Star Trek on it. So yeah. that's my ten pounds a month, and I and Disney. But anyway, okay, yes, yeah. all the thing. <laughs> no, I say, do you know? Yeah, CJ and I, we have, we do, we recently had a conversation where I think maybe I'd listened to a podcast on money and it was talking about investment and, and I, we, I guess we don't have the spare cash to do investment, but I was saying to him, you know, what, what is the next step? Like, what's our next, at the moment we have a, 
um, consolidation loan that we are paying off. We are almost at the end. I think we've got like just under two years left of paying off. And that was a big deal. When we first got together, um, I didn't have any real money. I was yeah, like 18 or whatever. And I didn't have any real money. The job that CJ and I were both in when we first met was not, did not pay properly. And CJ had come from university and then did some work in America and then came back and we were working in London together. And so neither of us had much money and he had, did he have an overdraft at that point? Anyway, I very quickly had an overdraft. And then just with life, he and I um, accrued <laughs> credit card debt. And um, because there was an element of, even when there was two of us earning money, like proper money at that point, when he started teaching and I was a uh, school chaplain, um, it wasn't great money when you had to pay for, you know, your rent and your deposit for your house and council tax and the bills, which were just bigger than what we were earning, really. And so we did accrue debt. Um, and then when we had kids, obviously, then losing my money, we then accrued a bit more debt because it just happened that it just happened. And so then we kind of have, we, yeah, we got a consolidation loan a couple of years ago and we're sort of almost at the end of getting rid of all of that. And at the end of that, I've kind of, I dream it and I go, what, what do we do at the end of that? And we've got this extra lump sum each month. What do we do? What is the next answer? Um, the next thing that you do? So we've had that conversation and CJ's like quite knowledgeable. I had no idea. I don't know about ISIS. I don't know about investments, but he knows. So that's good. No. It's we good. should do something with it at some but I actually my desire is just to spunk it up the wall and go buy stuff right <laughs> well you can do that too you can split it can and I you'll have to do that with and then no because then I'm a bad it. person I need to know he's going to see oh I'm codependent as well aren't I on his money anyway <laughs> codependency yeah. and money that's a big one to cover isn't it that's a lot but what the um... anyway as we've been talking yeah we should we should do that <laughs> codependency or money codependency or both <laughs> yeah what are you going to ask um no when you were talking then about uh I don't know I've lost my train of thought I was thinking about the looming big conversations that we will have one of which being mm. Christmas because no matter how much you try and get out of it for some reason it costs money like you guys are really yeah. good though you really um, have nailed not excessive Christmases so why don't you share how we do that please you guys are so good at not doing the excess how do we not excessively Christmas um well yeah we put some really really strict boundaries in place um and I think part of that is easier because geographically CJ's family are for the most part in Ireland mm -hmm. and when CJ was growing up the the rule was you don't do fam you don't do Christmas anywhere else apart from at home and so I went oh that's a great idea so we just do Christmas at home just us we always have we've never gone anywhere else there was one year that we were going to go to grandma's and when she was very very poorly before she died um, and actually then we were all sick so we didn't go so we've never ever gone anywhere else for Christmas so that instantly kind of takes the pressure off so we just kind of have quite a chilled Christmas day itself um and we don't the again the the family setup, CJ's family, no one buys for the adults, which is great um, in that that's just an instantly a load of pressure off. Um, and then I guess from my perspective, I don't have a huge amount of family that I speak to. So that helps as well. That I don't have to buy anything for them. 
Um, or with your kids like your kids are very good at not demanding the excess themselves yeah and we've never and I guess because we've always set the intention quite low the expectation quite low I guess the one of the biggest things for us is that we don't do father Christmas we've never ever done father Christmas Mm. and that was a really intentional decision from for us Mm -hmm. um to never do father Christmas and that was that we didn't want to lie to the children and and please to anyone listening to this this is not a criticism of anyone doing father christmas and i'm not we saying do father christmas and i do not feel criticized good I? no <laughs> i i just remember one time saying it to someone else and she just gave me the most evil look and it was like the end of our friendship because oh. um, i was saying to her that she was lying to her children the thing is we, we, we are remember... let's yeah, not sugarcoat it. it you are saying that a big fat bearded man is making his way into your house without permission and then delivering gifts I mean if that's not like I have four daughters I mean I don't want them to just let any old bearded man in the house promising them gifts. Yeah. it's gonna be no, it's a bit it's, yeah it's a bit weird it and is I think weird we didn't we, we didn't want it to be it, I remember like there was one year I think I guess maybe Bethany was like two or something so she was aware enough that we could have gone down the route of Father Christmas. And it almost like we started. And you mm. you kind of start with the little bit of, oh, well, how's he going to get into the house? And it, the story kind of comes. And it's like, you want that to be the magic. And I really understand that. And instead of that being the, mag- the lie, being the magic, we were like, let's just have the magic be the Christmas dinner. Because do you know what? CJ's Christmas turkey is the best Christmas turkey I've ever had in my life. Like it's the meal is the meal that everybody in our house loves. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing for our family. And, you know, and so we just wanted that to be the, like the really basic things, the magic, you know, the, the night we, we always cook the turkey on Christmas Eve um, because that's what CJ's dad did. And that the magic of on Christmas Eve when the turkey's finally cooked and it's like maybe nine o'clock at night or something and everyone goes around the kitchen, goes into the kitchen and gets some of the turkey bacon that was wrapped around the top of the turkey. Like that's Christmas magic to us. And that isn't loads of money and loads of presents. That's those little tiny bits that we hope our kids will remember forever like gathering around and getting the turkey bacon um so yeah we don't and so we don't do massive presents I think the other thing is in terms of um loads of presents and the expectation is we we again we don't have a huge extended family certainly on my side that are buying loads of presents for our kids and so we've never had it's like do we either go down the over overdoing it ourselves to make up for the fact that they don't have a massive extended family with these mountains of presents and you know I've heard people kind of oh gosh it's going to be so hard because it's going to take us five days to open all the presents from all the people buying our kids presents and I'm like oh my god my kids don't have that so I have to be really careful that I'm not equating spending money and presents as love for my kids mm. because they don't have that from a load of other people and that breaks my heart a little bit so we have to be really careful to set the intention that things like Christmas and present giving is magic on a small scale I don't know if any of that even makes sense but it has been a really conscious decision to not do Father Christmas and not go over the top and Anna said to me the other day we went to another kid's party and she was like why don't we do parties like this why don't we do birthday parties because it's the same thing we don't do big birthday parties and and I was like we we do do birthdays we just do them as a family yeah I love that Anna is like she's your kid isn't she that has like spotted the outside world the quickest I know right like I feel like Bethany Luke and Samuel have all been pretty like chill about that they're like yeah there's other people but we're cool here like no issue and then Anna's coming along like 
but I want a giant big fancy yeah, I want a bouncy unicorn. castle and 30 yeah. screaming ch- and the thing is she cried every five minutes during this party it's too noisy all the other people make the other people go away there you go <laughs> you don't want the other people here anyway you just want us to hire a hall and a bouncy castle okay well I can do that yeah we're just the six of you in it like that's great yeah I think, I think yeah, the other is- thing being like we just don't want to have we don't have room for all the stuff. Mm. I don't know what the kids want. So this year we've um we bought for Bethany and Anna's Christmas present. I've bought the cheap seats, like the twenty quid seats for Frozen, the musical, in London. And we're all going to go on the train the day before Samuel's birthday and go see that. Like that, not the boys aren't. The boys are going to go to the Nike sports shop, and that's their Christmas thing. Yeah. And that's it. Like Christmas done. That's beautiful. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like what you were saying is so important about equating gifts with love. And I think it's just another way in which we're kind of unraveling ourselves from the excess of the eighties in a lot of ways, you know, like a lot of us went through a period of time where stuff was in abundance. Like, I think that's true for probably Gary and I, where like my parents, not so much when they were young, when they had us like at the beginning, but like as time moved on and then, you know we could buy all the stuff like we not all the stuff but a lot of the stuff um and then you kind of recreate your christmas as a parent and oh god there's so many things that i wish that gary and i had spoken about before we had kids i wish we'd covered money i wish we'd covered um parenting style i wish we'd covered like which bits of our childhood we wanted to recreate and which bits we didn't have any of these conversations we are literally just muddling through it one christmas at a time we didn't set any traditions like I love it like some of your parenting is actually consciously like you and CJ done it together but we have not done that in our house we are fly by the seat of our pants each year so hence why we have we do Father Christmas because it came to that stage I didn't really think about it we'd already gone down that route and to break a five-year-old's heart is really hard so then now here we are and my nine-year-old is still asking for a present from Father Christmas fine you know, I'm pretty sure she probably knows, but she's cool with it. So I'll, I'll go with it too. And I think like, it's very low key. They ask for one thing from him and Father Christmas delivers them a <laughs> small thing. It's the first thing they open, it's over and done with. We try not to make a big deal out of it because when it's not there, I don't want them to be like, you lied to us all these years. And, uh. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, it's not, it's not cool. Um, yeah and the, the magic is broken I remember I remember one Christmas I think I was being like 13 or something and I remember just peeling peeling potatoes for Christmas lunch and just going wow I don't feel Christmassy this is a crock of shit um, I am peeling potatoes for everyone coming over mm, it's fun yeah not magic anymore no and that's the thing what you're saying about the meal and the food being the main attraction of the thing is like actually peeling potatoes then will feel like you are in the magic of the day exactly yes yes and cook your potatoes in lard everybody yeah I mean my dream is always the little things being the most important like gathering around to bake Christmas biscuits and all that happens is I like it to be a certain way and the kids want to just make a mess (laughs) and I just feel really stressed and actually I just yeah I'm really going to work on it this year I really feel like the last couple of years don't know if it's having a baby again and just going back to it being carnage and also my seven-year-old is just incessant and relentless she when it comes to excitement she is like incessant and relentless and she will not she's like next and what next and then what and then are we doing this now and I'm like 
I can't enjoy any of this because you're just rushing me through the whole thing. And I think I just really need to like regroup before it. Actually, do you know what? I think like next episode, we need to do Christmas. Can we do Christmas? Yeah. I, I need some friendship therapy on Christmas because this is going off topic from money and more onto like my own anxiety about Christmas. Um, and I think, yeah. So if we link it back into the money thing about that is that, we sometimes have had too many presents for the kids to open. And then we've ended up in that situation of like, what do we do with all this stuff? So a few years ago, we set a very clear intention with all family members and said, these presents that you're buying need to be um, either wood, paper or cardboard so that we are not just buying more plastic or they need to be practical things they can use for the whole year. Like my kids have all got a Kanken backpack. That's like a hangover from a Christmas a few years ago. They've lasted three years and they all have one each and they use them every single day and they were worth the money. And like, then it's, it doesn't feel like the excess of everything. Um, and yeah, just very intentionally said it has to be eco-friendly, whatever the interpretation of that is for you um, as the person buying it. But please do not buy an excess of plastic because it just got ridiculous and like our house is a good size I just don't want it filled with stuff that they don't play with after a few days I just don't think that the magic of Christmas is in loads of plastic took really and it goes back, I think, it comes back in doesn't yeah. it to that like excess like money equals happiness <laughs> yeah and and then that you equate money with love yeah and you go I love you this much because I've bought you this massive pile of plastic toot and look at how much I love my children because I've posted this massive picture of all the presents on Facebook and honestly when I see those every year it just kind of breaks my heart because I'm going gosh I can't provide that for my kids I and... just had like a massive ping moment sorry to interrupt you like no, how about ahead. then like when so I'm just thinking about the equation of love and money and the when you go into the stress yourself, not about Christmas, yeah. about all money, like yeah, yeah. where yeah. is that moment then? Can you switch the mirror background and go, okay, where am I not giving myself enough love? Because I feel like spending money is going to make me feel more loved. Wow. I don't think that it's ever been laid out to me that clearly before. I think it's like it's these conversations where I'm like putting together the dots going oh yeah like I understand but now I yeah okay yeah because yeah. like I think when I spend money normally I'm numbing out how I feel about probably my body as the most so okay. where am I not showing my body the love it's asking for and I want to go and dress it with things that I don't need when I could put on something I have in the wardrobe and sit and appreciate myself for what I have already and then do the conscious buying that I know that I can do if I really want something or need something so where is it that I'm like lacking in love for my body and myself in that moment and why am I so I think that's going to be like one of the things I try and do every time I spend money maybe just think like is yeah. this a conscious purchase or is this do I yeah. yeah do I need something else in this moment I think that's yeah. so true and I think for me like even the the scrolling on vintage 
and having a little bit of numbing time I've not done over the last couple of weeks because I can't do it because I can't spend the money Mm. and so for me if I then scroll on Vinted it's oh well you're not good enough because you haven't saved enough because you haven't paid for the car yet so you can't do and instantly I'm just kind of then feeling shit about myself Mm. whereas actually yeah so there's there's absolutely complete lack of self-love in that moment it's just complete annihilation self-annihilation and going you piece of shit so yeah that's a really good point yeah what so how much of what we are spending is conscious and how much of what we are spending is unconscious oh my gosh I'm instantly thinking about food shopping as well and Mm -hmm. going around the show and like oh my gosh Lorna I don't think we have time for this conversation but like going around the shop and either wanting to buy the kids treats not because I want to show them that I love them but because because I want them to feel loved you see the, do you know what I mean the difference I yes. want them to go oh mummy loves us because she bought us some junk food that we want um and 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 even things like what meal to buy everybody because I'm I want to people please I want everyone to know that I want to make everybody as happy as I possibly can and that is totally then related to the stress of money because I'm going okay well you know the the happiest my children could be is if I cook them bloody steak or a barbecue or Christmas dinner which are obviously the most expensive dinners out there (laughs) so now I've got to check the budget and decide where I'm going to go shopping that I can spend the the amount of money that I've allocated for the day to try and make as many people in my family happy but this person's not going to be so I've got to now buy something else to make oh my gosh it's a money headache I mean I feel like I feel a bit stressed like hearing about your money processor I feel I feel tied up in this story now like what are you gonna do then honestly there was one day where CJ I think I snapped at CJ about something and he was like, what the heck is this about? And I and, and I at least had the self-reflection on that day to go, oh, it was, he asked me about, no, that was it. He'd taken the mickey out of me because I said that I was being, I was a perfectionist and that I liked everything perfect. And he said something like, oh, but you didn't remember to take the mints out in time on that day um, for dinner out of the freezer. And because he then cooked the mints for me, it was a little bit frozen still. And I and I had like a meltdown and I was like, you have no idea what that comment means to me that you don't think I'm perfect because I didn't take the mints out on time because the mints to me was me having to think, what should we have for dinner? What can I afford to buy today? But who's going to be the happiest? And and all of these things like lined up in my head before I could even go to the freezer to take the goddamn mints out. And it took me until two o'clock in the afternoon to make that decision to take the mints out. There was a lot of anxiety and a lot of money worries that went into taking the goddamn mints out of the freezer. Honestly, I have work to do, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> money. Money work to money. do. Uh, money work to do. I mean, I, th- I feel like the money is just one layer of the the anxiety onion in that sense, though, isn't it? Like, it's I think just one at, of the I things think... in our lives that we can project the anxiety onto. Yes, totally. It's just a control thing and a projection. And I think, like, when you just you just hit the nail on the head of where do I need some love in that moment? Mm. Like, but not money love, but, like, actual love and compassion. How am I, how am I beating myself up over the head with the you're selfish or you're not good enough or you're suffering? You know, the words that you've used, Ivy, you know, like, how are we doing that in that moment? I mean, I showed myself some love today by buying two of my children the stinky cheese and onion pom bears just so that they don't cry all the way home from school because they're starving. 
And I hate the smell of those things, but I did it out of love for myself. So I don't have to listen to crying children in the car. I mean, it's definitely I think not for love of their health. Or pom, bears, pom bears are like a staple for <laughs> the under parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fully. Yeah. I fully am supporting all pom bear purchases. I will yeah. never. I mean, that's real yeah, life. I mean, I hate the plastic packaging. I hate the smell of the things. I hate the whole like non-nutritional snack element. However, it sometimes the, it just has to be done to like. I bloody, I love a pom bear. He's a moment. I love pom bears. Oh my God. <laughs> and for £1.25, I was like, sold, six packs. That's I know. Really and party. even, and like the, the Aldi own or whatever own brands yeah. are the same price these days. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> yes to bombers. Oh, oh gosh! I don't know if we so. really if we come up with any conclusions about money. I guess conscious no. and unconscious purchasing. That's my net. And my thing. and the conversation and having the conversations mm-hmm. and the awareness either with yourself or with your partner or whoever it is or even your friend like you and me are talking about it. You know how are we how are we approaching money and what stories are we telling ourselves or value are we placing on ourselves? about money yeah and I think there's <laughs> a lot heard my money story is so much bigger than just going to the shops and buying some mints or some pombers yeah and I think like especially in our friendship I think it's been really important to cover something like that because if we hadn't spoken about it the difference in our situations could have become a, like a what's the word like a thing between us like we do have a very different income as our families we live in different houses we live in different situations and I think because we are so honest with each other we've managed to like cut the bullshit bit of it of like yeah 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 there's no resentment there's no imbalance no and I love that I love the fact that we just kind of and I and I get you know what I suppose this kind of conversation and me being able to say to you I can't afford to pay for the car to be fixed at the moment and you not going wow I mean someone did say to me the other day something about their car and they could budget and I was like oh shit okay I haven't budgeted but you've never you know you and that for me is healing like that I can have a conversation with you about it and not feel judgment that's, like, that's immensely healing. it's not my job to fix your life you no, are, and that's you're amazing. a woman in your role like in your family and I'm a woman in mine and it's not my job to fix anything for you like that's your job and your privilege is to fix whatever you want to fix or not fix in your situation you know but yeah, I think yeah, if are like if there is something I'm stuck on especially when it comes to our finances if I don't do anything about it I know it spirals and gets so big that then feels insurmountable whereas if you like if I can like hone it into a conversation or I can talk it out or whatever and women like I have had conversations with women before and you and everyone like where you can just talk it through like it's not taboo money's money we all earn it like pretty much exactly. what I know earns money <laughs> Exactly. I think it should just not be taboo. And I think also then I'm instantly going, oh my gosh, have we talked about our privilege enough? And Mm. there are going to be people that think that what I have is much more, you know, and and I, and that's really difficult as well, because I don't want to come across as like a privileged dickhead that's going, well, I can't, you know, but we need to talk about these things. Like we just need to be able to sit around the the, the tea, the kettle and go, how do I fix, how do I, this money thing is coming up for me. We need, I just need to talk about money. I mean, there's so many things we could go into on that, though, anyway, about like privilege, because we haven't covered charity. We haven't covered like 
where we invest our money consciously to support local business like that we there's so much we haven't covered but I think the key elements to what we just discussed are about our current situation of where we are with money and what it means to us and our family right now exactly and how does it feel in your like when I hear the word money or tax or bill or something I get an instant like visceral feeling in my chest mm-hmm. you know and that's that to me is telling me something yeah. about me and money and the story yeah. yeah amazing well I feel like that lack of answers is a good place to stop <laughs> It is, because we have no answers. I love it. (laughs) Just have conversation. Conversation, yeah, Yeah, amazing. Cool. Good, good. I'm going to stop the recording now. And then we'll find that nothing recorded. Every episode at the end, we're going to mention someone in our local community who supports women and mothers. And this episode, we would like to mention Sisters Gather. Gemma is a beautiful soul who offers women's circles, cacao and general mothering to all womankind and we are so excited to introduce her as at sisters underscore gather on Instagram. Check her out for women's circles, cacao and so much love.